you ever had a question about geology or mineral exploration, our next speaker may very well be the perfect guy to ask. He's a registered geological engineer with over 14 years of experience. He is a BA in uh, geology. He's got an MSc in geology and a PhD from Camborne School of Mines. His credentials are both impeccable and uber impressive. He is smart, technical, analytical, and a person in this industry you ought to be following. Don't let his boyish good looks fool you. He is wise beyond his years. His calm assuredness is a testament to his solid understanding of this industry. Steeped in the tradition of exploration, he is in fact a second generation prospector, having taken over his father's company at a very young age. As the CEO and president of Almond and Minerals, he conducts the company's prospecting programs and continues to oversee the direct um, efforts that they are continuing to undergo. He's a firm believer that exploration is where the big finds are. And uh, testament to that is the fact that even on his money honeymoon, he tends to look at for geological anomalies while, look, while traveling through the uh, American Southwest. Please give a warm welcome to Morgan Poliquin. Wow. I think I should just uh, go home. Uh, never had an introduction like that. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for all coming. Uh, and thank you to Sprott for making this conference continue here. Very pleased to be with you. I think uh, what preceded was an excellent talk. Uh, the points made were outstanding about exploration and the cycle that we, we all have to contend with. Um, I, I, I have a few things to add that we'll do as we're going along. Um, I would like to, basically, uh, this story that I'll tell you is, is my life story, and I've got 15 minutes to do it uh, uh, to date. Um, second generation company, you've heard about prospect generation and Rick Rule, and um, uh, many of you have supported prospecting, and he has recognized the, the value in, in what is basically research and development for the metal sector. And it... I'm often asked what we do as a prospector and how we go about doing this. Uh, it seems mysterious. And if you come in the afternoon to the talk at 3 o'clock, I'll give a little bit more time to explain uh, w what are some of those things we do. But essentially, prospect generation, I, I believe I attribute a lot of that to, uh, uh, to my father. I think he's one of the pioneers, and it was born of necessity. Prospecting is a very difficult thing. The odds are very long. Uh, so you have to manage the risk uh, and as a prospector, it's very difficult to, uh, to procure the financing to go on a, a great long journey. We've been on a great journey in this company that's resulted in a discovery. We have about 4 million ounces we discovered. It started in 1994 when I was uh, just uh, finished up my master's degree. And we decided to look at eastern Mexico, which was wholly unexplored for the kind of deposit we ultimately found. And it's a brand new discovery, but it took that period of time. We think there's a lot more to find in this area that we've pioneered. Uh, and we know more about it, eastern Mexico that is, than anyone else, and we think we're going to unlock a lot more value, but that's the kind of journey that you start on as a prospector, and it's very difficult. So that's why working with other people who will put up the money for drilling 
and uh, the early exploration is essential um, to the growth of these companies. So what I'm going to tell you about today is the discovery that we made, but please come along and hear about the journey and how we did it. Uh, what we found is uh, 3.5 million ounces of measured and indicated and a further 700,000 ounces of inferred, and that happened since the discovery hole in this project, which we staked, we own 100%. It's located in Mexico, and one thing I would add uh, is prospectors should be looking in areas where there's a reasonable chance of making, uh, not only making a discovery geologically, but putting a mine in production. We've seen many projects that are at 5,000 meters in the Andes, and they have to be pretty spectacular to overcome those logistical odds. So as a prospector early on, you want to look where there's a chance for a big deposit, geologically speaking, but also make sure that you're looking you know, where you can de realistically develop it once you find it. This is our beat. Uh, we think that North America has very, western part of North America has very similar uh, geologic history such that we can be predictive of where deposits are likely to be as prospectors. The black areas are areas in western Nevada and Mexico. Mexico, these mines in these uh, black areas are what made the West, and they were found often uh, very early in the Spanish uh, history. We thought, let's look further east. Further east in Nevada and Utah is where the bigger deposits were found in the 20th century. So that was our basic premise for working in eastern Mexico. And basically, I sat in a helicopter for better part of 10 years on and off prospecting, and we narrowed it down to a number of areas. We've added this to our prospecting I believe prowess. If it, there are long odds of making a discovery, then in Canadian parlance, you're up here, uh, for those who have traveled, uh, uh, put more pucks on net. You're not going to find a mine unless you drill. The talk before us is evidence of that. Uh, drill, drill, drill. But drilling is expensive. Junior companies that have one property that they've optioned from a prospect generator don't like to drill because if you drill, you lose your capacity to promote, is the way they think, because you'll likely kill the property. That's the odds. So as a prospect generator, you got to get more pucks on net. And we think this is a paradigm shift. It's a tough market uh, right now, but we think that when the market turns, this is the kind of thing that we'll be able to do is combine our prospecting with drilling. We drill for about a third of market rates. These little drills don't require a lot of permitting. Uh, they don't require bulldozers to make roads to get them around. But we... we uh, uh, can drill to 600 meters, nevertheless, and we can drill a hole for $10,000. The first hole at Extaca hit 300 meters at 2 grams, so those are the odds that we would like to start taking uh, with our prospecting. So just very quickly, um, the, the meat of the talk here is really about this deposit. It's got excellent infrastructure. We're an hour and a half drive away from the largest Volkswagen plant in the Americas. Uh, by paved road, so good geology, but it happened to be near tremendous infrastructure, and that uh, that combination is what uh, we focused on. Uh, we found this uh, this what we call clay altered ash in that picture. What it is is a whole bunch of clay altered volcanic rocks that obscure the mineralization. The mineralization wasn't cropping out; it wasn't exposed at surface. We call this a blind discovery. Uh, we we essentially found it under this clay altered material, and. The idea behind that was the boiling hot springs that uh, in New Zealand and elsewhere in volcanic areas around the world are depositing gold actively. And the surface effects of these boiling hot springs are the clay minerals that uh, result from those hot fluids interacting with rock. And so there's no gold in those clay-altered rocks, but underneath them is where you expect to find gold. So that was the basic province, uh, uh, idea here. It was a long shot. Uh, but this is what we came up with. Uh, this is our PEA results. There's a lot of numbers on there. 
but essentially we came up with a deposit that uh, would be in the top 10 silver producers of the world, 130,000 ounces of gold production a year. It's a big deposit. Uh, the interesting thing about it is it's 50-50 gold and silver. It's a very unusual metal breakdown, which I think is very positive. We have exposure to both metals. Uh, it had a good return on capital, uh, but like I say, it's a big project. Um, we infill drilled the resource over the last uh, couple of years in order to get a very high confidence resource for our first PEA. We thought that was the best use of funds in this tough market since the discovery. And we have a low strip ratio despite the fact that the deposit is, is uh, blind. Uh, here's kind of the, the value breakdown uh, after tax NPV here uh, at 5% and 8% discount rates. What's interesting is that if you, if you believe that gold could go to $1,500, from current prices essentially to $1,500, our NPVs double. So this deposit gives you a whole lot of leverage for the metal prices. That's one thing I think is exciting about it. Uh, here's our resource. Uh, we have gold and silver, uh, which you, you know, we put in gold or silver equivalent terms to understand it. Um, but there's high-grade cores to this deposit that are cohesive and um, hold together very well, and we think can be targeted for... Uh, the PEA we put out was a large-scale mine. It has a big upfront capital. Um, great return on capital, we think. But we think now the opportunity is to look at these high-grade cores and whether or not we can have a lower capital, higher-grade startup mining situation. So that's what we're looking at right now. This is the, the claim map is on the top left, and the red square is uh, the same red square in the middle map. And that's the property. All the red blobs are golden soil. And so this discovery, like I say, the first hole hit 44 meters of nearly 3 grams gold and over 100 grams silver. And um, it just start off from there. And we haven't explored the rest of the property. So there's that side of it too. The best place to find a new mine is where you've got an existing deposit. So uh, now finally with this infill drilling done, we're going to explore the rest of the property and look at unlocking value, uh, the blue sky that's, that's here. We think this is unlikely to be a loan. And the capacity... Uh, uh, um, we think as prospectors, if you can find a new district... Uh, you've got it all to yourself, and that's what we believe we have here. So just a bird's-eye view of the deposit here, some geology and some pretty colors and um, uh, that sort of a thing. Uh, this is a cross-section, a slice through the deposit that you can look at. And here's some of the grades. Um, I, I don't know if you can read them, but when I was talking about high-grade cores, that's what I'm talking about. And we think we can target them and selectively mine them in a way that might uh, well, would certainly not uh, detract from the bigger model, would be a staged approach. So that's what we're looking at right now. But as I say, there is a tremendous amount of blue sky on the project and uh, great opportunities to make additional discoveries. A good place to look is where you've got 4 million ounces. We've got other clay-altered areas. You can probably even see on this satellite image uh, the, where I've got alteration there. There's a bunch of bleached white areas. And those are the kind of signals that uh, people... Uh, well, I, I won't... Uh, 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 put that on other people that I get excited about. Some white blotches on a map uh, get you excited, and that's what we see there. So we're going to start drilling these other areas and see what, uh, what we can come up with uh, adjacent to this discovery. Uh, it would, uh, it's very important to talk about how you relate. Uh, the two questions, if you're going to invest in a Mexican 
mining or exploration story is. Tell me about the, your hitos, which are these old Marxist land collectives that came out of their Marxist rev revolution, which are very difficult uh, to work with at times. And tell me about water, because everyone knows it's a dry country and you have to uh, often uh, compete with local water uh, usage, which is, is not very good uh, at times. Um, so we, we felt very early on that we're exploring, we, we made the discovery, and one advantage that exploration companies have over mining companies that come in late in the game is we build these relationships right from the beginning. And we have a very proactive view of, uh, uh, we're, I'm a second generation in this uh, person in this industry, and my view is that mining is very poorly understood. The people who are anti-mining have never been to a mine and know little about mines. They just know they're against them. And uh, it's amazing to think that most of these NGOs have never been to a mine. So you have to educate people before they come in. And so we do all sorts of things that are part of our CSR program that lots of companies do that are very helpful to these communities. But... The key is education. The greatest help you can give people in rural areas, underdeveloped areas with a lack of resources, is develop new resources, create jobs and opportunities. And if you miscommunicate what you're doing or don't communicate what you're doing, you, you, you could lose that opportunity. Because NGOs come in wherever it is, Canada, the United States, Mexico, and they tell people that they're going to die if a mine comes. But if people, as 600 people locally that we've taken on active mine tours to mines in Mexico that have agreed to allow our people to go, see that uh, a mine with their own eyes, these are people who haven't been to the next village, they get a completely different sense of uh, what a mine is. And they're, in my opinion, inoculated against the uh, ridiculous rhetoric that is inevitable when you go to permit a mine. So that's one thing. The surface rights are not in ajitos, they're all private surface rights, uh, and we're buying them fee simple. So that's one unique aspect of this project. Environmentally, this is in a high rainfall area at 8,000 feet, and the water here is, uh, uh, we collect the mine plan currently, we can collect all the water we need from, from rainwater. There's no need to drill subsurface wells, and the local water usage is all from uh, springs that are at higher elevation. So it's a very innocuous uh, deposit uh, with respect to its environmental impact. It, we think it will uh, enhance the local area not only economically but also environmentally in many ways because we're going to create a new water source for the community and things along those lines. So here we are, an exploration company that made good. We're little prospectors. We came along and made a discovery from scratch. Uh, who would have thunk it when you got in a helicopter with this broad idea from the Texas border, the Guatemala, I some idea in eastern Mexico. We rendered it down over 15 years, and here we are talking about water and, and surface rights and things like that. But this is the environment we find ourselves in. We have a portfolio of other exploration properties that I'll tell you a little bit about. Uh, this porphyry project in eastern Mexico as well is our first discovery. We Adjacent to our first discovery, which we sold part, portion of this property, which was a million-ounce deposit. Between this and the discovery I've just been talking about, we've developed five million ounces now in this new district. And we think there's a a tremendous opportunity to lock new value. This is a property that is high on our priority list to drill, and we expect to do that. Our focus is developing Extaca, and I think, uh, um, you know, just to render this down, uh, 
you can't time when you make a discovery. People, the biggest question I get asked is, what are you guys going to do, your prospectors? Well, we're also geological engineers and we're entrepreneurs, and we think that when you have those kinds of NPV and valuation potential, we think that uh, uh, that's uh, a latent value for our shareholders. And we believe that by de-risking the project and advancing it towards production, um, we, will, we will eventually realize that value. There, it's, it's no good being stagnant when you have that kind of a, a deposit and focus on other matters. So it's a good problem to have. Um, it, you know, we have a buyer's market out there in terms of mining companies with, with no buyers. They're all worried about, they got their own problems. And so our, our job here is to, is to push this forward, this great discovery, and hopefully now start to unlock um, uh, value in the rest of our portfolio with these drills, which are now freed up to go around and explore elsewhere and make the next discovery. Found five million ounces in a brand new district we pioneered. What else are we going to find? Company's in great shape. Um, we've got um, uh, very low share capital uh, and, and good cash. Um, and just to kind of punch that home, this is the, this is the value. Um, uh, here, uh, our current market cap in blue and uh, those bars um, are after tax at 8% with the $1,300 gold, $1,320 gold, the after tax at 5% NPV at, uh, at the same gold price. And that is what would happen if gold went to $1,500. So that's a lot of value um, that we think we can unlock. Thank you very much.